What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verde here with another episode. In this one, we're going to talk about delighting in the limelight. How do you overcome the fear of public speaking? You are able to share your message confidently in front of 100 or so people. If that number is a bit too high, let's start with 10 and build up from there. But the idea is we gain confidence in public speaking. What is the methodology behind that? Well, we will share all of that with you today. Our guest who joins us, she is a speaking confidence coach and movement specialist. She helps people overcome their fear of speaking. Now, she was formerly stricken with public speaking fears herself, but she overcame that. And through overcoming that, she knows what it's like to have those fears as a public speaker. It's why a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, and corporate leaders, they go to her to transform their speaking experience so they can speak with confidence wherever they go. Her book, Delight in the Limelight, can help you overcome your fear of speaking and to go out there and realize your dreams. Our guest who joins us is none other than Linda Ugalo. Linda. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I love that introduction. Thanks so much, Mark. Linda, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. Linda was a guest on the other show as well, Profitable Public Speaking. So in this episode, we're going to talk about that overcoming fear as a public speaker. Linda, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of your journey with us, because I feel like a lot of these types of interviews and episodes and content the person's already a confident speaker. So I'm wondering if you could just take us back on your journey to developing confidence in your speaking ability. Absolutely. So I was one of those kids that was a good listener and hardly spoke. And I had an opportunity to do some public speaking in grad school when I was about 30 years old. And I, I totally flubbed it. I was in such a state of panic that all the saliva in my mouth got vacuumed out of my mouth in like one second time and not a sound came out. I stood there like a fish opening and closing my mouth and it was mortifying. Someone did bring me a glass of water which gave me back my, my ability to make some sounds but I have no idea what I, I said and I decided then I would never speak again which I didn't, I'm not speak, but speak in public. And I didn't do that for another 10 years. At that time, I became really interested in this, what may seem really random, raw milk. My sister had adopted a child and had made her own formula using raw milk. So I researched it, got super fascinated, tried to find it in my state, it was illegal. And I reached out to the Organic Farming Association. And I said, we got to do something about this. I want some raw milk, and I can't get any legally. And they said, great idea. Why don't you give a, like a two-minute introduction to this at the summer conference before 1,200 people? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> and of course, my mind went back to grad school. I was like, uh, can you do it instead of me? And she said, no, Linda, you've got to do it. And, and I did. And what was remarkable about that experience, I just read from my paper, which I rehearsed over and over and over. I was highly nervous. I was shaking like a leaf. But the impact was enormous. And now we have 23 dairies in the state of Massachusetts licensed to sell raw milk because I got up for two minutes to speak. However, my anxiety didn't go away. 
So when I became an online entrepreneur back in 2014, 15, I knew once I got my website built, I had to let people know I was here. People don't know you exist if they don't, if they don't see you. So you have to get out there some way, right? It's either podcasts, video, blogs, but you gotta choose your way of putting yourself out there. And at that time in 2015, there was this brand new app, Periscope. Remember Periscope? I do, I do, yeah. Yeah, so it was the first live streaming app. It was gonna change the online space forever, and it did, but Periscope did not last. So when I became one of the early adopters, the first marketing guru said, you gotta get on every day. That's how you're gonna build your following. So I got on and I was terrified and I said, but I'm gonna do this. And after about four days, I thought, oh my God, I don't know if I'm gonna survive. I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack every single day. So I reached out to a video mentor of mine and I said, do you get scared too? And she said, oh Linda, everybody is scared. You'll be fine, it takes about 75 days to adjust. And yeah, it's kind of like 75. <laughs> That wasn't going to work. But, you know, I braced myself. I was a movement specialist. You know, I knew how to, like, um, galvanize my energy. I would do kicks and punches and power poses. I danced to music, meditation, affirmations. I looked up things online, how to get over my fear. And I, they said, you know, don't think about you. Think over your audience. And I thought, well, that's great. But how do you do that when you feel like you're having a panic attack or... Uh, f um, fear is fuel for your, you know, your videos. And I thought, okay, I'm going like, to use that energy of my fear to be energized. But inside, you know, I'm so nervous. And it was feel the fear and do it anyway. And I knew I was doing it, but I didn't know how long I could keep it up. However, every day I did my whole, all my shenanigans, all the things to help me get through it. And I got through it. And then I got to day 75. I thought, okay, finally, I'm gonna graduate from speaking hell to speaking heaven. And I was about to press broadcast and my heart is racing through the roof. And I thought, oh my God, what is the matter with me? You know, I was sure that with daily practice for 10 weeks, surely I'd be over the hump, but I wasn't. And I thought, I've got to look into this. I've got to figure out what is this thing happening so I can get rid of it. So I closed my eyes to connect with the fear and asked, what is this fear trying to say? And what came back was, you're going to be attacked. Attacked? I wondered where have I been attacked? And then this thought, this memory came back of my mom yelling at my two older sisters, why can't you girls be more like Linda? Because I was the goody-good goody in the family. I did all my chores, I put my clothes away. Mom never had to ask me twice because I saw my sisters get punished and I thought, no way that's gonna happen to me. Unfortunately, mom would put me on the pedestal and every time she did that, as soon as she walked out of the room, my sisters attacked me, kicked me in the shins, called me stupid, told me to shut up. And this would happen pretty much on a regular basis so that I learned that it was dangerous to be put in the center of attention. It's always and that's when I, asked. right? And I thought, oh my God, duh, that makes so much sense. Why hadn't I thought about that before? 
And then it made me wonder, well, what else has gone on in my life where I felt like I learned it wasn't safe to speak up, to express myself, to be the center of attention, to take up space? Wow. I mean, let's first talk about how Linda, like, you have your speaking gig in your thirties, doesn't go well. The next speaking gig is like, we talk about baby steps. Like you want to like, people say like, oh, present in front of like your family members or in front of a wall if you can't do that or in front of your pets if you can't do that. But we're talking about from that speaking gig to being in front of over 1,200 people. We all have different levels of fear, but for most of us, we're not making that type of a jump. Uh, But it's important that Linda had a really compelling reason to give that speaking gig in front of the 1,200 people because it was a cause that meant meant a lot to her and has made a lot of impact in her state of Massachusetts. So if you could tie a really strong meaning, you can become better as a public speaker. Live streams, that's a great way to get started because you speak every day uh, rather than once in a blue moon. Um, But there's a lot that goes into something like a live streaming habit, like getting to those 75 days. How do you suggest we make it easier to just embrace the practice of speaking rather than continuing to put it off? What I discovered was that once I, I knew that I had these things in my past that were impacting my, my comfort zone, I knew I had to clear them away. And so I spent the next five days doing things like emotional freedom technique, which may be some people know as tapping and doing forgiveness and creative visualization where I visited myself in those younger times and I replayed them in a, with a better outcome than had happened at the time. And I forgave myself. I, I, I probably spent hours at night thinking of all the comments that had been said to me throughout the years that kind of diminished me or cut away at my confidence. And I forgave everyone. And after five days, I was a new person. I was not afraid anymore. My heart was not racing through the roof. I was finding myself happy to be on camera, relaxed on camera, excited to be there. And it was this miraculous transformation. So that is my recommendation, is don't just ignore it. Don't just push through it. If that was going to work, it would have worked. But what really does move the needle is when you address the things from your past that led you to believe that it was not safe to be seen and to heal them. Then you're not going to be getting triggered. You won't have a hump to get over. You'll be able to be standing in your presence. And as you say, you'll be able to grow your, your speaking craft incrementally and enjoy doing it. And I hinted this earlier, Linda expanded on this as well, but those past memories, I'm wondering, Linda, like how long did it take for you to connect those memories to your speaking? Because that's not something that uh, everybody's able to do. It's like you just keep going through your life, not thinking about how small things like that make a big difference. Absolutely. And it wasn't until that day 75 that I ev- it even occurred to me. If I had known it was connected, I would have done something earlier, but I didn't. And that's why I wrote my book, Delight in the Limelight, because I want to bring this awareness to something where so many people in the world suffer from this. And when they realize, oh my gosh, duh, of course this makes sense that I wouldn't feel comfortable, let me investigate what happened. 
and then let me see how I can resolve those things. I mean, it only took me five days working on myself, and I've given, before the pandemic, I ran a four-day intensive retreat where I brought people through the same process in that amount of time. Usually, you know, I work for a couple of months weekly with people or, or in a group, but people can also do this on their own. If you have some tools or you want to use the tools that I have, you can get them from the book. And I mean, we'll definitely have that book in the show notes um, for people who want to get their copy. I would like to jump even deeper into this uh, story because you've got so many people who maybe they even know what happened to them at like two years old, three years old, five years old. It's those single digit numbers where the stuff that happens to you really ripples across your life. Maybe people know what that specific event, person or issue is, but they're not ready to forgive. They're not ready to move on and they just want to latch on to it. What's your advice for those people to gradually let go and become a new person? You know, it's not necessary for everyone to overcome their fear of speaking. You have to want to. And I have found that the people who want to get over this, they're willing to forgive. You know, if they, they say, if that's what it takes, I'll work on it. <laughs> and of course, you may not get there immediately but even going from this sucked, this was awful, this was so hurtful, to this sucked, this was hurtful, but I don't want to carry it anymore, is a step in releasing it. And the other thing that people may not recognize is that when we forgive, unfortunately, forgive is kind of one of these words that doesn't truly carry the understanding of what that means because we think that forgiving means condoning something it does not it means that you no longer are going to allow that or carry that to hurt you that you're going to release it and let it go and so it may be actually forgiving yourself for allowing that to happen or for not having the resources at the time to handle it or not being able to ask for help or not having people around to help. So it's not about saying, okay, I, I want to, it's, I'm going to tell this person that that was okay what they did. No, that has nothing to do with it. It's about releasing you from your past, breaking the chains that bind you. I love that definition of forgiveness. And I feel like that's going to help people. Um, like if something really bad happened to you or someone did something really bad to you, it's more about you moving on from that drama and entering in your new limelight. So, I mean, that's one way that we can interpret that. And it's little stuff like that. Well, some people very big, but it's like events from so long ago that really impact who we are today and the decisions we make. Uh, when it comes to public speaking, I know you're first speaking like, um, the, like on the recovery tour. Uh, that was a two minute one. I mean, that's like any first speaking gig is going to cause a lot of jitters and a lot of anxiety. That's just the nature of the game. Uh, but then you go on, you do like 30 minute presentations, hour long presentations. Like I feel like for a shorter presentation, like a live stream or something like that, you can gradually get over that through practice. But 30 minutes, hour long, they, in my opinion, it could take a little bit longer. So how do we make the transition from feeling confident for like a two to five minute speech or a live stream to having that same confidence in 30 minute to 60 minute presentations? 
You know, there isn't much difference, I find, in the feeling of being comfortable and calm, being seen and heard. Because the, there is a difference between having confidence on knowing what to say and trusting in your, let's say, your delivery, than being comfortable being seen, comfortable being heard. So once you get over that fear of being seen and heard, then you're dealing with the other fear, which is, am I, do I have my talk crafted well? Am I well prepared? Am I delivering it in an engage, in an, let me say that again, in an engaging way? And this does take certain kinds of practice. What I have delineated in my book, Delight in the Limelight, is three different sections. One is to reveal and heal your fear. The second section is to create or restore a sense of safety. So that goes into what you tell yourself, how you speak to yourself, and also how you create safe spaces around you. And the third, which is what we're talking about now, is repatterning your habits to create a, a habit of confidence. And you do that through practicing very small things, like practicing what relaxation feels like, practicing what confidence feels like, practicing how we can enjoy using our vocal production in order to ground us in our body and un unleash our self-expression so that we are inside every word we say and we bring people in with us by our presence. Now, when you're needing to do a 30-minute presentation, that's going to take a certain kind of craft. That is not my area of expertise, and I go to other people to help me script my talks. That's not to say that I, I, don't have my, I don't put myself in the process. I do, and even after I may work with somebody, I will make changes. But generally, you need to have a sense of how to organize a talk so it has an interesting beginning, a middle, and an end. I mean, it's, but it's going to be longer. It's going to be broken up and chunked down into different pieces. So I'd say that organizing yourself with bullet points and enjoying and exploring those bullet points and those ideas maybe by ottering, um, using a voice recorder on your phone, or speaking to friends about it, getting on podcasts and talking about your ideas, then you will be able to pull together that, that 30 minute or 45 or an hour long talk and you will feel like it's something that you enjoy doing. I mean, otter.ai is really great for the uh, audio recordings and it's just a way to like, for some people are just better talkers than writers and we talk yeah. much faster than we write so that's good for content production as well. Uh, just being able to jot all of those thoughts. Like, uh, I love how Linda mentions that it's just a little bit of extra preparation. You got the same overall concepts. It's just you got more bullet points. You got more topics, more subtopics when we are talking about a longer presentation. And getting help with creating one of those presentations can really allow you to command a stronger stage presence with a better talk. That is something some people may want to explore. You mentioned earlier speaking habits that help with building confidence. I'm wondering if you could just share with us some of those habits. I'm sure that people can find a longer list in the book, but I'm wondering if we could just have some little tidbits for this episode. 
Absolutely. One is a lot of our speaking right now is online. So one way to get into a speaking confidence habit is to practice relaxing on camera. Literally, you turn on your camera and you guide yourself through some relaxation, like I relax my eyes, I relax my neck and shoulders, my arms, all the way down to your toes. And you can even narrate out loud. I do this with my Comfy on Camera students. I do it with my Think on Your Feet um, students. Every chance we get, we spend time connecting with our physical selves in order to bring our, ourselves into this centered, grounded place. And when you get to that place and you make it a habit every time you get online, then you just feel more present, you know, a lot. Instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm leaving my body. I don't even know what I said. You're not even there. So this brings you down into your body. The second thing I want to recommend is mental rehearsal or guided visualization of how you want to look and feel when you speak. So this might begin with some relaxation and, and then thinking, seeing yourself in that place of speaking. You are moving the way you want to move. You're gesticulating. You are using your voice the way you want to use it. You're looking at people. You're, you're feeling open and free and relaxed and calm or zen or dynamic or however it is that you want to feel. And by pre-paving this in your mind, you actually create that experience to happen in the future. And an important thing Linda mentioned there is that we are going online more and more of our speaking. This is something that accelerated during the pandemic and we are seeing even more of it now, like podcasts right now, this is online. You have a lot of, even the events that have always been in person, they switched to virtual and they're even doing virtual components in addition to their in-person. There are so many online speaking opportunities. Thinking about your online speaking presence doing those exercises and rehearsing the presentation in your mind and certain key points will help you thrive as a speaker. Another thing that will help you guys thrive as a speaker is Linda's book, which helps you to delight in the limelight and overcome your fears as a speaker. We will throw that book in the show notes. Linda, where else can we find all the wonderful work you're doing? I love to continue this conversation with people and they can come over to empowermentkit.me and download those guided visualizations and mental rehearsals that I just spoke about. You can download those for free and you can send me a message and tell me what you're struggling with and I'll respond to you. I love those free kits, those resources that you go through them and you figure out like, what can I do right now to get better? Like it's not just consuming content, it's action combined with content consumption. Those are the resources that Linda provides. Links in the show notes. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. It was a joy for me too. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>